Welcome to Dairy Stream, brought to you by the Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, sister organizations that fight for sensible dairy policy in Wisconsin and Washington, D.C. Dairy Stream focuses on issues affecting the dairy community and our customers. Hi, I'm your host, Mike Austin. Well, welcome once again to Dairy Stream. Our focus today is on the Farm Workforce Modernization Act. And really, it's going to be some interesting things involved with this that will create a year-round variant of the H-2A visa for workers in the livestock industry. Uh, This certainly will be a big deal for dairy producers who don't have a year-round visa option right now. Now, some of you have been using H-2A for years, mostly produces outside the dairy industry. And speaking of dairy farmers, maybe you're not totally familiar with what H-2A is. You might have heard of the term, but really don't understand it. Well, that's why we are really privileged today to be joined by Brandon Davis. He's an attorney at Phelps in New Orleans, Louisiana, and a big part of his practice is working with farmers on H-2A. And as we said, one of the possible ag workforce improvements that is being considered is going to be important to understand the benefits and challenges of this program. So again, uh, Brandon, thanks for being on the program. And we want to start out by asking, how does H-2A actually work and what are the requirements? Well, good morning, Mike. Good morning, and good morning, Gary Stream. It's very good to be um, together with you today. How does the H-2A program work? I feel like that's a, um, a trick question, uh, but <laughs> it it, uh, it works very well. That's the bottom line answer. This is a program that works very well for American farmers and American agribusiness. In a nutshell, we understand that if we're planting, um, cultivating, and harvesting in this country, we simply don't have enough labor to complete the farm to table process. And so the H-2A program for over 30, maybe 40 years now has given a solution to farmers who um, are doing good work in this country um, or who are sustaining the U.S. food supply, who are creating jobs in their local communities throughout rural and urban America. It gives them a labor solution where there is an obvious labor shortage simply by allowing them to tell the U.S. government that um, we are in the process of uh, food supply maintenance and we're growing food um, both for supply in the U.S. and for trade internationally and we don't have enough labor to do that and we simply ask permission of the U.S. government to bring in labor from from foreign countries. That's primarily Central America but it's also uh, the islands for example catfish farmers use islanders to process catfish um, in the Gulf Coast and and when we, we simply augment or supplement labor shortages in the U.S. to keep American farm working. So the H-2A program is a very good thing. It's absolutely fascinating news that we now have a farm Workforce Modernization Act of 2021 that has cleared the House and is now in the Senate to even further expand workforce delivery to U.S. farms. No, as you said, uh, for dairy in particular, we do have a a labor shortage. So this is a key issue for them. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about what are some of the requirements when it comes to H-2A? 
Sure, sure. And it's not only dairy that that has the shortage. It, my perspective is almost all American farmers have a shortage. But of course, dairy is one of the farm industries that is most likely to benefit from the Farm Workforce Modernization Act of 2021. How does the H-2A program work? At the beginning level, a farmer identifies that she is not able to hire sufficient labor to service her farm. And she can't find U.S. workers who are able and willing to work on the farm in in whatever the occupation is for the rate of pay. Mm -hmm. After that need is identified, that farmer simply approaches the U.S. Department of Labor to certify the fact that she actually has a need And of course, you fill out an application and you give that to the government. What the government does in response is the government helps that farmer to test the labor market in in their local area. Now, what does that really mean? It means that the state attempts to recruit labor to work on the farm. And when the state is not able to do that, within a reasonable period of time, we're talking about over a period of weeks six to eight weeks, what have you, then the state and the U.S. Department of Labor will certify that farmer's need. That farmer then takes that Department of Labor certification to U.S. immigration, and she presents the certification and says, hey, the government agrees that I am producing food for America, but I don't have enough workers to do that. Now that the government has agreed, allow me to subscribe for visas H-2A visas to bring in a team of laborers from Mexico, Costa Rica, Jamaica, Guatemala, Honduras, wherever the talent is coming from. And the USCIS, which is our immigration service, will say most likely within about seven to 10 days. Yes, we agree. The Department of Labor got it right. You do have a need. You are putting food on the table in America. And yes, we will approve seven, 20 325 visas for you so that you can bring a team of laborers to work on your farm for up to 10 months out of the year. In a nutshell, that's how the program works. Giving you a little bit more practicality, uh, we, we help farmers across the nation, primarily in the Gulf South, but also um, in, in the mid-Atlantic, North Carolina down to Florida to bring in foreign labor. The process, the work cycle process for us is about a 90 to 120 day process. And so farmers, for example, crawfish farmers in Louisiana who need crawfish laborers on their places from March 1st. We normally start those cases sometime after Halloween. So we start the work in October. We ask for the appropriate permissions from the state and from the Department of Labor. We file the visa petitions with California sometime after Christmas, between Christmas and mid-January. And then normally around Valentine's Day, we have all of the approvals that we need to begin crossing our crawfish farm labor into the, into the United States to work for crawfish farmers. Same thing with sugar producers. So in a nutshell, that is the life cycle. That is the process. I think what we should expect with the Farm Workforce Modernization Act of 2021 is a good program will become even better and will reach a broader audience like dairy. You're listening to Brandon Davis, attorney at Phelps in New Orleans, Louisiana, and 
We are talking about H2A and the possibility of it being expanded to the dairy industry. And you painted a pretty good picture, and I thank you for being so thorough with your explanations as well. I presume, though, there might be some challenges when you talk about H2A. But before I even get into that, I want to just skip ahead to find out from your perspective, you know, what do you and your H2A clients like about this program as it is now? Well, we like we like having a reliable labor supply. We like understanding that if sugarcane planters need to have laborers working um, in the factories or on the farms at a date certain, we can achieve that. Subject to you know modest delays, COVID nineteen or um, embassy uh, delays when we're we're producing or, or, or processing these applications. We like the fact that we have stable wages that we can rely on and that will help us budget um, for the farm, small farms, as well as very large-scale operations. So we like wage reliability. We like the fact that the government, as well as the state, work together with, with us. And this is true for crawfish, sugar, citrus, fruit and vegetables. We like the fact that the government works together with us as partners to find labor solutions for American business in a productive way that does not disrupt the U.S. worker. We like that. We like the fact that we have continuity in food supply. We like the fact that with respect to the H-2A program, this government, this government understood that during the coronavirus, American farms come first. And so we did not experience labor delays in the various consulates in bringing our people in to keep the food supply turning. So these are all very, very good things for American farms. Dairy stands to to gain significantly as the program is expanded to that industry that is so desperately in need of having it and that is so critical to the U.S. economy. Well, certainly, Brandon, you've just listed a you know a laundry list of positive things, and there's certainly a lot to like. Matter of fact, just from my perspective, listening to the positives, I think Mikey likes it as well. But nothing is perfect, so let's just talk about the challenges you see to H2A as it stands now. Well, you're right. Nothing is nothing is perfect. Nothing is perfect, but what we have is very good. Um, the the challenges that I see are all challenges that we have overcome and that can be overcome. It's all a matter of time. And so during COVID and and in some cases before, it is true that if a farm needs labor for strawberries for calving season, for crawfish processing, for planting, whatever the, whatever the farm activity is. If that farmer needs labor on March 15th, a portion of the process of processing the visas and actually uh, arranging applications and appointments with the consulate may not meet that March 15th date. So we may have a, a range of arrival times for labor. It's not exactly like uh, the, the airline industry, okay? It, March 15th may mean somewhere between March 1st and March 25th. So there, there, is, there is a little wiggle room that the farmer has to be able to accept when we're bringing people in from Central America. That's one thing. Housing. Uh, housing for for people like dairy, okay, who have not yet participated in the H-2A program, 
and but who now stand to gain significantly as the program hopefully will be expanded to dairy, assuming that our Senate um, really gives us what we need. Housing is an issue in Louisiana and in Florida. The housing infrastructure to accommodate H-2A labor coming in and literally in droves. We, we have groups that come in uh, 150 to 350 laborers per group. But the housing already exists in South Louisiana. The housing already exists in Central Louisiana. The housing to support H-2A labor already exists widespread throughout the state of Florida. Because these are, North Carolina is another good example. Louisiana, North Carolina, and Florida historically have been the three largest subscribers to the federal H-2A program. The infrastructure is already there. So a challenge that we see with dairy is understanding, okay, if dairy is going to get a very, very, very good political solution for its business need, and we hope that the government delivers for dairy, then dairy is going to have to build the infrastructure to make use of this very good federal program. That means we need housing. We have to have an infrastructure to um, facilitate housing inspections and housing compliance. We have to have an infrastructure in place to handle the transportation piece. How do you deliver labor from Costa Rica or Central America to dairy, whether it's on the West Coast or in the Northeast or if it's operating in Middle America? So that means flights or shuttle, bus services, all of that has to be taken care of. And then there are other nuances of the transit piece. While our people are in transit, and these are, let's be very clear, this is high quality, highly reliable labor with farm skills. Okay, and mm-hmm. so how do we t- how do we take care of these people in transit? There's me, so we got to have the logistics for our meal plan, um, travel money, all of those are the logistical challenges um, that 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 have to be resolved for any farmer that's going to start bringing in um, foreign labor. In my practical view of the world, and this is something that I, we do at Phelps Dunbar almost on a daily basis. We've got it down to a turnkey kind of program here, okay? Um, the farmer who's brand new, we, we had a brand new farmer last year that in Louisiana, believe it or not, that brought in labor um, for cattle feed purposes, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that process for them was building the infrastructure to actually receive their labor in the terms of housing, transportation, putting together a payroll system to actually meet payroll on a timely fashion. And then that labor, I think, is set to leave sometime around Labor Day, and we have to do it the whole thing in reverse. So we have to unwind the housing. We have to queue up the transportation. We have to make sure that they have the meal money or meals provided in that day's travel back to Central America, and it's doing the whole thing in reverse, and and also facilitating their re-entry, repatriation to either Mexico, Costa Rica, what have you. So those are the challenges. I understand that there are wage, I, I don't want to characterize it as a wage challenge. There is a wage discussion. And what is the wage debate all about? The government and business 
is considering how H-2A wages should be set. Currently, the government um, works with certain market surveys and labor surveys to determine what H-2A wages should be throughout the country. The wage, the H-2A wage in Louisiana um, may or may not be different than the H-2A wage in Florida or in North Carolina. Throughout the 50 states, wages are set depending on labor supply and demand and, and multiple other factors um, that go into the wage calculation. I think that that issue, the wage issue, particularly in the uh, Farm Workforce Modernization Act, both the bill that was passed by the House and now which is uh, being taken up for debate in the Senate, the wage issue is a challenge because what we're trying to do is make sure that we protect U.S. workers who otherwise would show up for the job and so that wages for U.S. workers are not diminished. But we're also trying to make sure that our farmers can operate by paying a fair wage that makes sense in the market. That is a challenge, and we're going to have to see how that challenge is resolved in D.C. That is the voice of Brandon Davis, attorney at Phelps in New Orleans, Louisiana. What we're trying to do on Dairy Stream today is, first of all, help you to understand H-2A and then also its impact on the dairy industry if we do get a passage of the Farm Workforce Modernization Act of 2021. And we'll be getting really more into the impact of H-2A for dairy and future possibilities after we take a break. But first, Brandon, I want to ask you this one more question because it really looks like the major focus for dairy taking advantage of this program is the pass, passage of the Farm Workforce Modernization Act. So as it stands right now, though, are there any opportunities at all for dairy when it comes to H-2A, or are they kind of completely shut out? I hate to say that anybody is completely shut out. There's always a way. But for dairy, our view in, in this office, and I think across the industry, dairy currently is not able to fully utilize the H-2A program. My personal view is un that's unfair. Mm -hmm. um, here, here, here we have one of the largest sectors of the agricultural economy in this country. And because this particular sector operates year-round, 365 days per year, no particular season when you're a dairy farmer, maybe calving season, but no particular season if you are a dairy farmer, our government says that this form of agriculture um, for the most part is excluded from the, the program benefits. Why is that? Because the H-2A certification, ability to bring in H-2A labor, is tied to a seasonal need. When we think of farms, biblically even, we think of seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping, planting, and then gathering in what has been planted. Those are normal cycles that operate on an annual basis. With dairy, that cycle is not exactly the same as it might be with sugarcane, with row crop farmers, and what have you. Correct. This is why, exactly. And so, and for this reason, for this reason, which really is political, and, and when I say it's a political issue, I mean we obtain our laws from representatives who we send to articulate 
our needs. And the idea at the time when we first received the H-2A program is that the need has to be present based on a seasonal, a peak load basis, a one-time occurrence, or some other type of intermittent need. That was great thinking at the time, but times have changed. And so dairy, no, dairy cannot participate fully in the program currently because what we have is a major piece of the agricultural economy that operates on a year-round basis. This technicality is no longer acceptable in a modern farming economy that turns America. And so why is the Farm Workforce Modernization Act of 2021 so good for dairy? It takes this whole seasonal concept out of it because the truth about it is we're not planting rural crops here. We are not planting. This is, this is not sugarcane. This is not rice. This is different than crawfish that has this life cycle type of thing. Rather, this, this is dairy. And so what are, what are the good things that are, we're going to get if we can get this bill passed? Well, first of all, we're giving access to dairy to, for their own classification of visas that do not rely on this seasonal need which is a great thing because the truth about it is a dairy farmer that works 365 days per year and it never stops. Secondly, we are expanding access for dairy farmers to be able to look to workers who are already in the United States working in agriculture and to be able to bring those people on board to meet the needs on their farms. That's huge. Look, most of the milk produced in this country, we understand, we understand that, comes from farms that have immigrant labor. And so if we know, if we know that this critical sector of our economy is dependent on labor coming from other areas of the world, doesn't it make sense that we provide a law that allows our farmers to do so in a productive way that is helpful to the U.S. economy? And that is what the Farm Workforce Modernization Act of 2021 would do. We're going to get into more of that talk, more about the impact of H-2A for dairy and even some future possibilities with our guest, Brandon Davis, attorney at Phelps in New Orleans, Louisiana. We'll do that when Dairy Stream continues. And we'll be right back with our Dairy Stream podcast after we hear from our sponsor. Dairy farming is fundamentally changing, and dairy farmers are looking for progressive leadership, new approaches, and a louder voice. Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative makes that commitment. With members on all sizes of dairy farms throughout the Midwest, Edge amplifies dairy farmers' voices, the voice of milk, in Congress, with customers, and in our communities. Driven by passion and innovation, Edge delivers maximum value so our members succeed. Learn how we can work on behalf of farmers at voiceofmilk.com. Well, this is Dairy Stream. It's brought to you by the Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. I'm your host, Mike Austin. Today, we have a very interesting guest, and for sure, and a man that certainly has a lot of insight and information when it comes to H-2A, the visa program. And he is Brandon Davis, attorney at Phelps in New Orleans, Louisiana. And we've been talking so far in Dairy Stream about understanding H-2A and the fact that really 
Uh, the dairy industry has not been able to take advantage of this program, but the door could be opening through the Farm Workforce Modernization Act of 2021. And Brandon, before we took our break, you did talk a little bit about uh, some of the impact of adding a a bunch of year-round H-2A participants in the overall program by including dairy. Could you again, again just sum up why you feel that's such an advantage to dairy? Well, it's a huge advantage to dairy because this is an industry and we understand that we do operate on a year-round basis. Year-round, same thing with, with nurseries. So dairy and nurseries, uh, many nurseries, have the capacity to operate 12 months out of the year. Historically, these particular industry sectors have labor shortages that are maintained throughout the year. Historically, these industries are uh, large employers, great producers, um, food food supply, major components of the food supply chain. And so if we understand that we have great industries like dairy that actually have a labor need then why why would we why wouldn't we give them a solution to the problem and and that's where the farm workforce modernization act of 2021 comes into play now when we talk about expanding h2a to the dairy industry as you said it would help uh, deal with a labor shortage it would look at you know the uniqueness of the dairy industry that they need this labor force you know 24 7 they need them throughout the year and certainly you've already highlighted some of the real positives that would evolve out of uh, the program if we do pass the Farm Workforce Modernization Act of 2021. But not to play devil's advocate, but what about, you know, especially from your perspective, a man that's worked with us closely, outside of this option of H2A, do you think this is the best option for dairy? Or really, when you look at the entire picture, do you think they might be better off with a new custom program or something else? I think this is the best option for our government. Why do you say that? Well, I think that I like to take the conversation away from dairy, Mm -hmm. um, the the business, the industry that is really supporting the U.S. economy, producing a a necessary uh, product, contributing um, both rurally and in an urban fashion to our normal and, and, and productive way of life and turn instead to the responsibility that government has to facilitate that type of productivity. And so I see it as I see this issue, why should dairy be excluded from a federal benefit that is helpful to the U.S. economy for this exclusive reason? So we have we have a very good, I think, a very good program that works for U.S. farmers. What we don't have is a good reason that can exist today in 2021 in this economy to explain why dairy can't participate. And so for that reason, I think I'm a very strong advocate of a number one, getting dairy into the program. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yes, uh, I, I think that the idea of recognizing that the U.S. farm and agribusiness economy has changed a bit, and it makes sense for America's security and competitive edge that we recognize that certain farming industries operate on a year-round basis that traditionally tied to some sort of seasonal event. 
And that's not a bad thing. Rather, it's our government's responsibility, I believe, to facilitate this type of American progress. Another question, we are speaking with Brandon Davis, attorney at Phelps in New Orleans, Louisiana, about H-2A and in particular the Farm Workforce Modernization Act of 2021, which would really open the door for dairy farmers who don't have a year-round visa option right now. Uh, as you mentioned, the bill has the White House support. It got through the House, but kind of a uncertain future as far as the Senate is concerned. And, and you did mention, you know, politics and you know, political motivation here. Uh, just kind of a question because I think everyone in this subject does deal with food security. What would be politically you know, acceptable or challenging here? Why is it that you know, we're not saying for certain this legislation would pass? Where's the political aspect of this? Well, I think the first political aspect of this is the committee assignment in the Senate. I mean, it landed with judiciary, I think, on the 22nd of, of March. And I mean, that that definitely raised my eyebrow. Um, I, I, I think that and look, none of us know what our politicians are going to do. I think the challenge in the Senate is really figuring out whether conversations, conversations about this bill um, concerning wages, concerning H-2A wages. Mm -hmm. are, are those conversations real? Is, is, is it really true? Is it really true that H-2A wages may have a negative impact on uh, U.S. domestic labor wages? Is that really true? Or is that merely a distraction? I think the challenge that our politicians are going to have is, well, are we able to agree with the obvious? For me, the obvious is dairy needs relief and dairy should be able to participate in the H-2A program. And as we exist today at, at this post-pandemic um, phase in 2021, what is the good and legitimate reason that we should exclude an entire and in a critical sector um, of the agribusiness industry from participating in a federal benefit. So I think the, the politicians are going to have to really deal with that. I also think that some of the haggling that, that kind of would go on in my mind is, look, the, the Modernization Act as we have it now is, is, as I appreciate it, is really broken down into three major pieces. Title one is, is kind of figuring out what do we do with laborers who are already here working and, and maybe um, not appropriately documented. Can we give remedy to that class of people um, in, in this bill? Title two, look, that's, that's the golden egg, uh, the, the, goose, the goose that's laying the golden egg, in my view, for dairy. Mm -hmm. that's, where dare, that's where title two, that's where dairy is getting um, their own classification. That's where dairy should get this year-round access that, that is highly important. Um, I, I think the challenge in Title II among the politician is, are we really putting numerical caps on the uh, number of visas that are available? Or are we going to allow dairy to come in without numerical caps like every other farmer in the United States that's using the program right now? And then in Title III of the bill, that's all admin uh, for the most part, in, in a nutshell, at least as how I see it. And so what is the political fight there? Are, are the politicians really wanting to establish a mandatory E-Verify system? Um, 
this that this conversation about e-verify, the paperwork, the the bureaucracy that we're making our farmers undergo, the bureaucracy that we're making our U.S. employers undergo to vet out the legal workforce. Do we really want to add that administrative, quote unquote, burden on U.S. employers? And the politicians are going to have to figure that out. Um, when you're, but right now, you know, I'm, I'm very happy to have my voice being cast to Dairy Stream, and, and our listeners are hearing the voice of an ag labor lawyer who firmly says all of the haggling politicians in D.C. is small fries. What we really need is a solution that is obvious to us. And so we would hope that you could set aside the squabbles that are not exactly meaningful to the solution that we have in mind, which is receiving a consistent and reliable source of labor so that we can continue to turn the U.S. economy in a fair way. Interesting insights and a lot of passion being shared by Brandon Davis, attorney at Phelps in New Orleans, Louisiana. We've been talking about H2A understanding the program and also the impact of dairy possibly being added to it through the Farm Workforce Modernization Act of 2021. Uh, A couple of other questions before we wrap up our dairy stream. And again, thanks for all the insights and the time. But first of all, uh, again, looking kind of down the road into your crystal ball here, uh, what do you feel the future would hold for H2A and what changes do you think should be made to make the program even better? I, I think the future is bright for H2A. I definitely see the the glass half full. I think that it is inevitable based on our economy, based on our social, um, cultural, and economic trends. We're going to improve the H2A program. I have faith that my government will understand what American business needs. The agribusiness uh, sector, the agribusiness space in this country has very good stakeholders, the various farm bureaus, um, the, the, the federation in D.C., um, the, the industry uh, outlets, dairy is one, sugar is another industry stakeholder. The various universities, LSU's Ag Center, Southern University's Ag Center, for example. And so the thought leadership, and e- even in the educational space, agribusiness has very good stakeholders that understand what the needs are, understand what the opportunities are, understand the strengths, and understands the threats. So I, I think that where we're eventually going to get is a situation where we have a program that provides fair access to all stakeholders like dairy. Um, I, I see that we're going to have more subscribers in the future. Um, here's an example, Muse 3 Farms in St. Helena Parish, Louisiana, the best kept secret, I think, in, in South Louisiana, um, relatively small farm under 500 acres. Imagine what row crop farmers um, and smaller scale farmers that are farming about 375 to 500 acres at a time. What could they do if they had reliable access to programs like these? We can change communities. I have a positive view. I, I hope that, I, I really do hope that um, this works for dairy. And I, I really uh, call for 
our particular constituency to call your senator, voice your concerns as well as your support um, for this Farm Workforce Modernization Act because we only have everything to gain. Well, again, thank you for all the insight. And again, they have to get people be proactive on this. And again, it is the Farm Workforce Modernization Act of 2021 that we are talking about. Uh, Again, we have given you a pretty good understanding of uh, H2A. Thanks to our guest, uh, Brandon Davis, attorney at Phelps in New Orleans in Louisiana. And I guess just one bonus question as we wrap up today's dairy stream. And since, you know, I've got a a labor-intensive attorney with us that knows these topics pretty well, especially when you talk about its impact on agriculture. Just from your own perspective, what other changes, let's say we do get H-2A now expanded to dairy, but what other changes do you hope to see or feel that we need to see to really continue to be on top of this ag workforce challenge? I think that Dairy is a holy cow. If, 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 okay. <laughs> holy cow. <laughs> it, 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 it really is a holy cow. I, I think that um, the change really is the fact that we have dairy, which is a holy cow in 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 the U.S. economy, that has has really not been able to participate. So the change that we're seeing now is the change that we need to continue to see. We are recognizing that something like dairy should not be standing from the outside looking in on a federal program that makes absolute sense in its industry. And so what we have to do is we have to continue with reasonable steps like this that continue to make progress across agribusiness uh, in, in the United States. We, we have to continue to understand that we're in the best position as the stakeholders to articulate what our needs are and to work with our government to deliver fair and balanced solutions um, that are productive uh, to the U.S. economy. And, and to the farm workforce. And so I, this, this is a good change that we even have in the conversation. This is a good change that the bill passed the House on March 18th. It's a great change that the Senate has now taken the issue up. It's a great change that we have widespread uh, input from a good, a good, a broad base of stakeholders. Those are the changes that we need to continue to see. And those are the changes that I think will have a positive impact in, in, in agribusiness. Again, it's been a real pleasure, a great education, and always good to talk to someone that has not only knowledge but passion on a topic. And that's certainly what Brandon Davis, attorney at Phelps in New Orleans, Louisiana, has. And we thank him for all his time on today's Dairy Stream. I also want to give a big thank you to Joanna Guza for producing today's edition of Dairy Stream and want to thank you for your interest and attention. And again, we give you an ongoing invitation to continue to join us as we focus here on issues and topics important to the sustainability of your dairy operation. I'm Mike Austin. This has been Dairy Stream. The Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative would like to thank you for listening to Dairy Stream. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, please subscribe and rate Dairy Stream. We value your feedback. And if there's something you'd like to hear, just email us podcast at dairyforward.com.